0: Hey everyone, big thanks to all of you. When we had our first episode released, we had about 40 listeners on that day. When we released our second episode, two weeks later, we got 70. So big thanks to all of you for listening. Please continue to write reviews, to share, to tell other people about it, and to keep listening. This is gonna be our last episode for the quarter, but don't worry, we'll come back about mid-September when the quarter picks up again, and we have some really cool stories for that. But until then, just sit back, relax, and enjoy this next episode. Thank you.
1: Support, support, support for this podcast is brought to you by the, the
0: Kellogg Innovation Entrepreneurship
1: Initiative. Think bravely, think differently, think collaboratively. Let me just describe to you how a solar farm inspection may work. They, it, in order to do what we are doing right now with our aerial data, it will take a ground crew of two technicians about 30 days, working days, to get through a site like that. And how long does it take you? About three days.
0: Hello and welcome to My Startup Journey, a show where we interview Northwestern entrepreneurs, builders, visionaries, and classmates. I'm your host, John Lee, and today we're talking to Lance Lee, founder of AeroSpec Technologies, where he's made a solution to make green technology safer and more efficient. With the movement for green technology, I'm sure you've thought about solar panels and windmills. But have you ever thought about how do engineers go about checking these things to see if they're broken or if they need to be fixed? Well, Lance Lee, founder of AeroSpec, is talking to us about how he uses drones to figure that out. But before we talk about that, Lance is talking to us about how he grew up in China and how he eventually made it over to the States and pursued this idea.
1: I was born and raised in China until I was about 12 years old, and my family uh, moved to Houston, and that's where I spent the rest of my uh, adolescence. My family relatives were there, so naturally uh, I settled. In Houston, it's a lovely place if you can withstand the heat and humidity. I gotta say, <laughs> being in Houston really have uh, influence in, in terms of uh, the industries that, that you get exposed to. Uh, being the, I think the international capital of energy, and and I studied finance in undergrad, and then um, did consulting. Obviously, if I'm in Houston, consulting the clients are generally oil and gas energy clients. So that's really geared to where my, um, where my strengths and expertise in in this field. So when you
0: moved to Houston from China, Mm -hmm. you were 12. So you remember everything I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. And your parents, what did they, I mean, how did you feel? Did you speak English? Did you have to go? Was it daunting? Were you scared? Do you remember the flight?
1: Um, I do remember the flight and I also remember I threw up. Uh, on the flight when it landed. Uh, it's right before it's landing because I think uh, we will share the same experience that it's it's very turbulent when the plane starts to land. And uh, before that I never really looked, took uh, took plane rides. I think the flight to the U.S. was my second time on the plane ever. Um, and it was landing in Dallas, Dallas-Fort Worth Airport. Um, so the experience itself was just Majistical, I guess in terms of it's a new place, like for kids, you just love to be in a new place. Also, of course you're sad that leaving your your friends, your, your, uh, your circles, and I remember one of the comments that my mother made uh, when we were driving down Houston through downtown was seeing through the uh, the highways that going up, uh, just like just like a maze that goes like several, uh, all the intersections, she's like, she never be able to learn how to drive but that was just like the first impression and, and honestly I don't have any memories of my first year in the US because I was so so out of it as in like I don't know what people were saying to me at school um, I don't remember what I was really doing um, on a day to day basis it was it was pretty much drew, uh, draw a blank because I had no friend circle really there either
0: and so what did your parents do?
1: Uh, my parents actually came from a very, very humble uh, background. Uh, they, they're they both from rural area in, in, um, in China, so with very limited education, they actually don't really speak English either. So they did um, like delivery, remodeling, restaurant work. They so really had a feel of a hardworking family, blue collar, grown up, uh, supportive family. And I personally, done everything uh, in the restaurant except holding on the walk and cook and, 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 and remodeling from installing toilets to roofing, so all that I've done it too.
0: So after UT Austin, then that's when you went to Harvard?
1: No, um, after UT Austin I actually did a very atypical thing. Uh, I worked for two months in, uh, in my industry, financial industry, and I quit. I thought that wasn't for me, and then I took a bold step and I went to Japan for a year. What um, did um, I what'd was, your, what'd your parents say? They tried to stop me, and then they tried to talk me through logic, but I was, I was young, and I made up my mind, and I, I just wanted to go. I, I said to myself, if I don't do it now, when am I ever going to do it again? um so and and then harvard was actually came after i came back from japan and then worked for a couple years at uh at uh, my consulting company after i came back from japan so that 2011 um i started working at uh, accenture and then went there until 13 that's when i went to uh, harvard
0: what happens when you tell your family tell your family this is what i want to do
1: what is there what do they say what's your dad say what's your mom say (sighs) honestly their message have been the same uh, since day one. Since I told her, uh, my mother said that the day I told her I want to do a startup, uh, she said she didn't she didn't sleep the night. She is very risk averse. Uh, just looking at where she grew up and where she came through, and her expectation of me was really after this much education, this much family support get a good job get a good paying job for the security for the financial security and also emotional stability um and then until this day since i'm still i was a relative early stage of my startup i think the message has been the same so it's always a struggle in terms of balancing what i believe what i'm passionate about and what my family's expectation of me
0: so what, what do you do what do you do for support uh sure i mean do you leverage friends classmates
1: what what allows uh, you to know, keep going emotional support or financial support yeah.
0: <laughs> emotional first and then financial
1: financial i can get i, I i'll get support from anybody who willing to provide financial support <laughs> uh, emotionally yes i think i think uh friends is definitely the first close circle i reach out to um i mean people generally are very supportive of that I mean they always say like pursue your dream pursue your passion do what you believe in but again I I think mentors and and also like people in the industry and also people senior of me seeing uh, what I'm doing being able to uh, dissect and also analyze my company and what I'm what I'm doing in, in, with an unbiased view and also uh, in, share the experience really helped me to, to keep it going and of course I think in, uh, in the financial part is that if uh, you always have to set yourself uh, a, a, a timeline in terms of like when you know there's just no way that you're able to go on anymore because money will run dry that's just an un- undeniable truth. And, and you have to make something something happen to me like every day I just trying to make crop progress with the company and uh, I mean our product is ready uh, we're just trying to get clients to to sign on
0: when we return Lance tells us what he's done to grow the business what tips he has around getting cheap but good resources and what he plants next stay tuned
1: Try My UI is an online tool to have real users test your site. You put in a goal and watch as user clicks, double clicks, and moves throughout your site. Great way to fail fast for free at trymyui.com backslash edu backslash northwestern.edu.
0: Hey, if you're an entrepreneur or working for a startup and you're looking to grow your business, stay organized, or help with presentations you should probably listen right now. In this segment we call this Entrepreneur Tools, and it's a chance for me to tell you about some cool tools that can help you do all that. So today we're going to be talking about accounting and I get a lot of questions around how do you keep track of your books and how do you know what to do when it's tax time? Well you have three types of options. One is you can use an accountant. So I use South Loop CPA. I love them. They're great. They're a reasonable price and it helps me with preparing my taxes correctly for what I need to do for my business a second option is to use a paid service such as QuickBooks that's about ten dollars a month I use them too so what I will do is I'll import my bank accounts into my QuickBooks account so I can make all the bookkeeping on the spot but then I'll use my actual account to, to prepare the tax documents now what if you just don't want to spend money on any of these options there's a third option and it's called wave app and with wave app it's basically QuickBooks but it's for free Now, I will preface that the reason why it's for free is it's good, but it's not as great as QuickBooks. Still, it's a great option for you to get your feet wet and to get into the accounting piece that you need to make your business succeed. So if you're just tuning in, we're talking to Lance Lee, founder of Aerospec Technologies, where they use drones and software to go out and... Figure out what needs to be fixed with solar panels and windmills. Lance is here talking about how he came up with the idea.
1: I think, like one, is from my past work experience. Uh, uh, I was in consulting in energy industry, so I, I I had an idea of um, in the renewables, oil and gas. I had an idea how the industry works, and then later when I get when I went to grad school, I uh, studied energy policy. And um, I, I saw the trend of the growth of renewable energy, and then, but then one thing that really always triggered me was um, the adoption rate of renewable energy, and also the uh, the efficiencies of running. And to look into it. And one one of the classes I had, uh, they were discussing new technologies that's coming in the next decade that's going to be disruptive. And being a being a guy who loves to play with with tools. Um, And also the robotics, uh, the the, the drone was one of the topic, and and that's kind of clicked, like using drones rather than using for photography, aerial, uh, thermography, or whatever that's a recreational use. I linked up uh, between drones and industry use, and I just started digging more into this area. I've never been on a windmill farm, nor
0: a solar panel Mm -hmm. farm, or I don't even know what it's called but what is the current process of inspection? Mm-hmm. Walk me through that.
1: Sure, uh, the process, the, uh, the, using a very simple way to summarize it is very manual and costly. Um, let me just describe to you how a solar farm inspection may work. They, it, in order to do what we're doing right now with our aerial data, uh, they have ground crew, they call it truck rolling, basically they have a handheld thermal device and they walk in front of every uh, solar panel and uh, just look to see if there's an- anomalies and it, it might not sound like a lot but once you see they had the truck roll through a typical solar site that's as big as 900 football fields it gets quite large and generally because of that uh, companies don't even do it and and, and because it, it might be like one to three percent one or three percent of their that um, that the, the panels are broken, they might they might choose to overlook it rather than spend the man hour and the cost to do. So how long would it take a person one person to inspect
0: mm-hmm. nine hundred football fields worth of solar panels?
1: Well uh, first of all they usually do it in a team. And <laughs> if when uh, I when I was, when I was uh, doing the estimation we actually gave them a bump them with an upgrade, they have a little uh, little truck they would drive through. So uh, it would take a ground crew of two technicians about 30 days, working days, to get through a site like that. And how long does it take you? Uh, it will take us about three days. Wow. It, it, it is a large site, I gotta say, um, and uh, to cover that. And it's, it's really about like if you're traveling, let's say you're cycling from Chicago to San Francisco versus you're flying. Right, that's that's the difference that's making. And what about the windmills? I remember you put up a stat: eighty-five fatalities in the last last ten years. Last ten years. But again, kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, windmills. If you've never been there, if you've seen it from far away, you might not get that kind of shock but when you're actually standing underneath it, those are enormous structures that can go up to 400 feet, 500 feet in the air. So the typical tradi- uh, maintenance process is actually sending crews up to the, uh, to the wind turbine and actually use a, what they call rope access, just free hanging, uh, free hanging down from the narcel, and then look look for, look for anomalies. So that's an inherently pretty dangerous uh, process and 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 there that the, the fatality is unfortunate and then so what we what we see the value is really like if we don't have to put guys up there let's not put guys up there in danger
0: from looking at you you've you're definitely a go-getter right you you have interns i can assure you that a lot of the kellogg startups out there can't even think about affording an intern but you have interns you've been at these fairs that you told me about that cost you a lot and you made it to VentureCat. I mean, in the finals, so that's that's been awesome. But for those, how do you go about doing that? How do you go about securing an intern, getting getting a
1: spot at a booth, right? Getting even talking to clients. How do you figure all that stuff out? Sure. I think I think depends depend on the person. Uh, we might be functional experts in some field. Uh, you're either analytical. You're very uh, personal. And I, I, I doubt there's one person that I say they're experts of all and me I'm the same um, I, I I'm pretty shy person I'm a pretty shy person and to me to do all those things really require me to step out of my comfort zone and then cuz cuz it's either me or me that's my options and I just got to do it and and interns I, I, this is one thing I have I love having interns because they are young if your company is attractive enough if you're able to sell the interns the vision really to provide them with the environment um, uh, the, the the startup environment the hands-on experience they love to be they love to be there as well and I had five interns last summer actually um, and um, some of them are unpaid because I just told them honestly I said I don't have money but I love to have you guys come on board you will get you will get some real hands-on experience and interns interns are are willing to do that. So that's my take on interns. Definitely if you have the chance, uh, have, have to leverage the interns, uh, especially if you're at Northwestern or some other schools. Even if you're not at, the, at, at a university, you can hire through uh, Indeed, uh, LinkedIn, Monster, and I got some great interns. One of the interns I had last year was from uh, Stanford, aerospace engineer, uh, master student, super smart, um, but guess what? He actually worked unpaid um, I, I still feel really bad about it until today. I, 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 uh, once, once my company take off, I, when my company take off, uh, I'll make sure that I'll send him a check to, to thank for his work. I like that. I like that a lot.
0: It's a good character that you have. You get to go back in time so far.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Are there, would you tell yourself any classes that you should definitely take? What would you say
1: has helped you in this journey? Sure. Um, if I can rewind time, I think the difference in decision I'll make is just to accelerate the classes I'm taking this quarter to the summer. Because the classes I'm taking this quarter including new venture launch, uh, how to build a startup culture, uh, data visualizations. Just some of these classes are very entrepreneur-focused. I, I, I benefit so much from it. And if I had that, if I had that foresight to do so, uh, basically a month in advance, I think it could push my uh, startup much further because, again, this is the benefit of, of a university, of, uh, of a academic institution, I still believe until today, I think entrepreneurs, if they have the ability and can afford to take the financial risk to cope with starting their company and at a, a, at a university, whether you do an MBA or whatever, like that resource is priceless. And then the connection that you're able to get um, that from this is, is very invaluable. I really wish that I took these classes um, when I started Kellogg.
0: So, when Aerospec takes off, and takes off literally and, and financially, when it takes off, what message do you want to say to your parents?
1: Um, that, that that that's a that's a question I really haven't thought too much about. I I think the message I want to give to them is that I still really thank them for their support every day. No although they've been telling me to get a job every day, and I, I think I, I think you can use that as a as a motivational uh, uh, push for yourself, saying your time is limited and. And um, my, my family is still financially uh, supporting me, partially, so I'm grateful for that. So I just want to give them a message saying like, yes, yeah, startup is, a, is something that you will receive a lot of uh, opposition, especially from your family, and, and until, you can, until you can make it, you can prove them that you can make it, there's no other way around it.
0: So, what is AeroSpec up to now? Well, not only did Lance make it to the finals for the VentureCat competition and win some money, but he was also selected to join the Pritzker Group, which is only given a two spots. With that, Lance is pursuing his dream of making green technology safer. All right, that's our show. I'm John Lee with My Startup Journey, and until next time, keep dreaming.